as you can tell, I'm coming from somewhere else. In fact, it's my apartment. You can tell it's my apartment because I got this sign. It has my last name on it. So glad you all can make it tonight. Uh, I know it looks a little different than uh, the last weeks, but I'm really excited for what God's word has for us tonight. Now, before we get into the passage, I have a question for you all to answer in the comments. What is one of your life goals? Something you hope to accomplish in your life and put it in the comments. Now, obviously I can't see your answers. So I hope you're all gonna be having fun here. But for me, one of my life goals is to publish a book. I really enjoy writing and the idea of being published is really exciting to me. I've published a little poem, but a full book is a whole different story. Now, this week we're reading from Philippians 2, verses 1 through 11. This section is surrounded by this idea of how important it is for us to be unified, especially as believers. Now, as we can see in our day and age, unity can be really hard and difficult, especially when people have different ideas that clash with one another. And so we're going to focus on Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. And it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Now, at first glance, this verse might seem like a downer. Isn't it basically saying, don't have any ambition or personal interests, just do what makes other people happy. However, we know that God is more in store for us than being timid pushovers. And David talked a bit about boldness a few weeks ago. Now, the title of this message, the uh, thumbnail you clicked on is The Power of Humility. And the power of humility is in its ability to unite us together, to support and take care of one another, especially in this chapter of life we're all in, that makes it so easy to feel isolated. Now, before we can take hold of this power, we must start with doing away with selfish ambition and vain conceit. But what do those things exactly mean? Let's start by addressing the term selfish ambition. Now, this is ambition which has been left unchecked and begins seeking after itself and only itself. We see this often in movie antagonists following average Joe workers as the boss is trying to get all of the power and money that he can. He's ripping off our main protagonist and we're booing that guy. But maybe you've seen how someone seeking their personal gain has hurt you or your family or friends that you know. For me growing up, my dad was a delivery man and works for a bread company here in town, delivering bread to restaurants, grocery stores and the like. Uh, but a few years back, he had a manager who was totally focused on how much he could gain from his position. He couldn't stand the fact that because my dad worked harder than him, that uh, my dad could make more money. And so he made sure to orchestrate my dad's delivery route to make it so that he never could. Now, this not only impacted the amount of money that my family had, but also affected his work hours, forcing him to work 12 to 15 hours a day. And thankfully, my dad is in a much better spot now with a much better manager. And to be clear, 
Ambition is good. Passion is good. But when it's focused on personal gain, it can become harmful for others, breaking the unity God desires us to have. Now, the other one, conceit, means to have an excessive pride in oneself. And Paul calls this pride vain. It's pointless and doesn't take us anywhere in life. In many ways, it can even lead to our downfall, as God warns on many occasions throughout the Bible. James 4, 6 says, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. And when we allow pride to dominate our lives, it puts us in opposition to God. On the contrary, acting in humility puts us in his favor and blessing. Now, I don't know about you, but God's blessing sounds better than his anger. So with these things in mind, how do we make sure we don't act these out? We begin by valuing other people above ourselves, just as the verse says. Um, when we're valuing people as God values them, it pushes our attention outwards towards them. But that's much more easier said than done. After all, why would we ever value others above ourselves? We're culturally opposed to this. Putting others' interests above our own is often seen as something that gets labeled volunteer work, as something optional you can do to make yourself feel better. We are taught to be individualistic, to be able to pick ourselves up by our straps. And some may go as far as to say that you have to take care of yourself and your needs and interests before you're able to take care of those of others. So how do we practically begin valuing others above ourselves? Well, to start, you must first know what other people's goals and interests are. You can't help somebody unless you know what they actually need, not just what, they, what you think they need. Now, a fun fact about myself, I've raised chickens for half of my childhood. And I remember when I was about 14, I had one of my hens approach me and I gave her some chicken treats because chickens always want food. But she totally ignored the food. And I remember throwing more food at her, getting frustrated because why chicken aren't you, why aren't you eating the food? And what I failed to notice immediately was that she had this thin splinter that was right here lodged above her eye. She came to me looking to get help with removing the splinter and I totally ignored what her actual need was and for what I thought she wanted. And it can be easy to assume what others need, but it's not always obvious. If you take the time to understand what people need, when you do take action, it will be felt and people will respond. Now this leads, up to, leads us to our second step. Make a plan and execute a plan for helping others. Our, our world is full of good intentions. I mean, just a month ago, many people had grand intentions of how different 2021 would be with their New Year resolutions. Unfortunately, most of us have probably gone off with many of these, myself included, because intent is not enough. 
you cannot intend yourself into being the next Tom Brady just as much as you cannot intend yourself into putting others above yourself. And God doesn't reward those with good intentions, but he rewards those who take action. Now, it may not feel natural for you at first. Maybe you struggle with selflessness, and that's okay. We all have to start somewhere. A great place to start is to think about what the needs and interests are of the people you live with and around and talk to them about what their needs are. Maybe you have a parent that has yard work that needs to get done so they can relax. Or maybe one of your roommates is struggling in a subject that you excel in. Finding these kinds of creative ways to serve others around you is a great first step in developing a heart of humility in line with God and his heart for others. Imagine if everyone in Chico began doing this. How different would this town be? As the community would be working together, everybody is lifted up. Obviously, that's not happening, either in the city or in the country. And people don't naturally go about doing this. And times like this prompt us to look at the best example, that being Jesus. Uh, He gives a great example, and Paul talks about it in Philippians 2 in verses 5 through 9. And it says, who, about Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus had everything. By all accounts, he had no reason to come down as a man and die on the cross. There was no personal gain for him. Rather than living in vain conceit above us, he brought himself down to our level. He took consideration of our greatest need, our eternal destination, and took it upon himself to complete the task that we couldn't do. And that same strength that carried him to the cross is the same that God offers to us to use to serve both him and others. Romans 8.11 says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Now, each of us are in different places in life and our spiritual walk with God. Some of you have been with him for years, while others of you listening might have yet to make a decision. But because of this sacrifice, we all get access to this eternal life, something unattainable to us without him. It's because of this great love we're free from sin, and in response, we should be pouring the same love and humility towards others. So, as we're wrapping up, I want to encourage you to think about your next step. How can you be a person of action when it comes to serving others, and not just a person of great intent? I hope this has been helpful for you. Uh, I want to encourage you to take some time either during worship or right after to think about how you can apply this message. And feel free to put your application right here in the comments. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we've been able to have. I know it can be hard for us to put others above ourselves, but I also know that you can give us the strength and power to do so. I pray that everyone listening would choose humility over pride and others over themselves. Thank you for this time. And in your name we pray. Amen.